Hello and welcome to Community Connection. I'm Iowa City Mayor Bruce Teague. This show is designed to highlight the way our community is overcoming the obstacles of coronavirus. In many aspects of life, that means altering the way we normally do things. And this includes demonstrating our most democratic right, voting. June 2nd is Iowa's primary, and while going to the polls is the normal rally cry, voting by absentee ballot is the preferred method during this pandemic. Joining me to discuss voting by mail is Johnson County Auditor Travis Wipert. Thanks for joining me, Travis. Well, thank you, Mayor Teague, for having me on. Well, I am excited to have you here, especially since today is a very important day as we began to talk about voting and that type of stuff. So kind of explain to us what we can expect with this primary and outline it briefly. Yeah, so I mean, today's the first day that we can start mailing out absentee ballots. Actually, I think it's tomorrow, but we're right at that point now. Um, what you can expect is we've shrunk the number of sites from 57 to 46. A lot of that is to do with safety concerns, plus with the students not being here. But then to kind of do the counteractive or the reverse is everybody is going to receive an absentee request starting next week. So you'll be able to mail that in. We'll send you your ballot. You won't have to leave home. So if you were one of those sites that you normally walk to, and unfortunately we closed it or merged it with another, this this will be your option. The best way, I guess, for you to you know be able to cast your vote. Well, it, that'll make it a, a new world where you're automatically sending these out because normally you have to do what I've done in the past is, you know, I get it in the mail to re, because I've often done absentee ballot request. And so I just fill out the request and send it in and voila, it, there it goes my ballot. So for those that haven't done absentee ballot, this, this could be a lot of individuals first time, what does that look like when they get it? What is that time frame for returning it? Um, tell us about that. The absentee request forms will be mailed to every person. If you want a ballot, you just fill it out, mail it back to us. Normally we have to have that ballot in the mail within 24 hours. Um, obviously under these circumstances, the Secretary of State has waived that rule to at least give us a little extra time because you know we're expecting probably you know a thousand two thousand requests to come in that first day that mailer hits but you know once we receive your absentee request we mail you a ballot all you got to do is fill it out and drop it in the mail monday before the election and you're good to go all right so then they'll they'll get that ballot and they'll return it so what happens if someone misplaces or can't find their ballot um, it, you know, it depends, I guess, if they decide to go to the polls, we'll go ahead and void the ballot. Um, if they lose it at home, we'd mail them another We, you know, every ballot here is tracked, you know, you always hear about election fraud, every ballot, we know where it is, who has it, well, even if it's lost, there's no way somebody is double voting. So we make sure that, you know, all that happens. We know where things are going. Every, if you ever look at the envelopes, you'll see barcodes on everything. That's us tracking where the information or where the, you know, the envelope and ballot are going. Now, having said that, we, because we track it, that does not mean we know how you vote. We do not know how any person votes 
because those envelopes are open and the ballot is just randomly pulled out and thrown in a pile and then run through a tabulator. Because that's always one of the questions I get is, well, how do I know you're not looking at how I voted? Well, we have a process in place to make sure that we do not know how any voter voted. I think that's uh, real important to state because I know when I get my absentee ballot, there's this little um, envelope that says, place your ballot in there. And so, so that's kind of the, the, the security envelope that when it does come on your end, I'm assuming that you take it out kind of blindly and place it into the scanner where no one knows the way that one voted. Absolutely. And not only that, usually when those envelopes are open, um, lots of times they those envelopes, when we open them, we run them through a machine that does it for us. They may be face up, face down. I mean, they're, you know, so it, it's not like every envelope is face up with every voter's name on it. So we know as we pull out their ballots, how, you know, how they voted. And again, you like you said, you also have the secrecy envelope. So you, you know, pull that out with the ballot inside of it. They set that over on a separate spot on the table. And then once they get done through all the envelopes, then they start going through and pulling the ballots out and stacking those to run through a tabulator. So at no time do we ever have a clue how you voted. All right. So at least that's good to know that when people do vote, that'll still be secret. And, yes. and that won't be at, at the knowledge of anyone else. So, all right, so we have the absentee ballots going out, um, the request form for that. And for those uh, individuals that still want to go to the polling places, typically we would have early voting. What happens with early voting during this uh, Corona season? So uh, right now, the big thing is absentee is kind of our only early voting. We are not having any satellite sites. Um, normally, we'd have something at the library, U of I hospitals. Obviously, you know, we're not allowed in there right now, which we totally understand, you know, the reasoning behind that. Um, the big thing that we're still waiting on is figuring out if we're going to have early voting here at the office. We've talked about um, doing kind of like a curbside voting along the side of the building where staff would come out in protective gear and vote you at your car if you, you know, if you want to come down here and vote. But we're still waiting for details from the Secretary of State on that. All right. And then for, and again, this is only, you're mailing out the absentee ballots only to register voters, correct? It's actually the absentee request form. Yep. Any voter that is in the system is still active will receive a request form from the Secretary of State's office. And if you're worried you might not have received one or threw it, accidentally threw it away, that's out on our website. Go out, print it off, fill it out, mail it in, and we'll get your ballot out to you. And for those that aren't registered to vote or uncertain if they're registered to vote, because sometimes I think people don't remember if they are or not, how can they get registered to vote during this time? Uh, it's kind of the same deal. Go out to our website, uh, print off an av or a voter registration form, fill it out, mail it in. We'll get you registered if you're not registered, but also at the same time want to request an absentee ballot. If you fill out the registration form and the absentee request form, we'll get it processed. Make sure you say who you are and get your absentee ballot out to you. I know people have moved during this time either... Um, from other communities outside of Johnson County. And so definitely for those individuals that are out there, 
go to your website and get that information so that they can receive the information uh, so that they can vote either by absentee or on the day of the polling. For uh, candidates, where can they go to learn about candidates? Because we do have a few candidates that are definitely on the ballot here. So what does that look like to get kind of get educated about some of our candidates? Yeah, here in Iowa, we're a little different than, say, Washington, where they mail out a little booklet with information about every candidate. Unfortunately, here in Iowa, you can go out to our website, look and see who's running. But after that, then it's just a matter of doing a Google search and trying to find that candidate's website to get information on them. It's not something that we provide to the voters. Those are the individuals that need to get registered to vote for the polling places. You mentioned that we went from yada number to yada number. What, tell us about those uh, exact numbers. Um, we don't have to go through each of the sites, but that's a drastic change from what we're used to in our community. Yeah, I mean, we went from 57 sites down to 46. Uh, so far, we've been really lucky. We have poll workers that are still willing to work. You know, one of our big concerns is the safety of the poll workers. So that's why we're really pushing this absentee voting. You know, I don't want people not to come out to the polls. I know we always have those folks that say, I have to do it that way, I'll never vote absentee. But I'm just trying to remind people at the same time, it's not only for your safety, but it's the safety of our poll workers and the other folks in the polling site. So if you can come in or if you can request an absentee, that is so much better than going out and going to a precinct right now. And you know, we, we have counties out there that went from 16 sites down to one. So here in Johnson County, you're still pretty lucky seeing us with 46 precincts that'll be open. Yeah. So the workers, I think that's very important. Uh, what can we say to individuals that are coming to the sites? What would be some of the recommended um, requests? We know that mask um, may not protect uh, another individual, but it at least uh, in theory contain anyone's um, who may be COVID-19 positive. So maybe wearing mask when they're going to the uh, polling places. We know that a lot of the volunteers historically has been 60 and old, older, um, just teenagers, <laughs> right, uh, that are there at the uh, polling places. I think that expertise of them still being at the polling places is important as well. So what are some of the steps that you're going to take for the safety of those that are volunteering? What does that look like? So we have already ordered plastic um, face shields for every worker. We have over uh, almost 300 of those um, in storage now. We were able to get those just recently. On top of that, our workers will have their surgical mask on. And then we'll provide hand sanitizer. Each um, polling site's going to have a bottle of disinfectant spray. So at any point, they can spray the tables down. Um, if you do decide to come out and vote, probably the coolest thing is when you're done voting, you get to keep your pen. Okay. So instead of us washing all those pens, um, the Secretary of State's office has provided us money to just buy pens that people can walk out with. So normally we're always like, don't walk out with the pen. We only have so many. Well, this time we're going to be like, no, take the pen with you, please. Yes. Well, I'm happy to know and about that safety measures that's being uh, put in place and the free pen, 
right? <laughs> our, yes. our tax dollars coming back to us in uh, another form. All right, so I'm a voter. I come into the polling place. I'm masked up, and I, I'm going to have on my gloves as well. And so I go, and what documents do I need to hand over or to show uh, in order for me to vote? If you are already registered, you'll just need to provide us with your ID, whether that's a driver's license, non-operator ID. If you have, if you don't have either one of those, you should have received a PIN card from the Secretary of State's office. There's very few people that have those PIN cards. Now, if you aren't registered and show up on election day, you'll need to have an ID along and also proof of residency, whether that's a bank statement, um, lease, any of those things, um, you can pull it up on your phone to show our poll workers. You know, the best advice I can give to people is to check your registration now and be registered before you arrive. Because you know, it, we want people to vote, but at the same time, we don't want people hanging around our precincts and our polling sites with everything that's happening. You know, and you start looking at what happens if one person comes in who's infected and there's 15 other people standing around waiting to vote it's just not going to be a good scenario as that virus gets passed around. Yeah, there's always concerns about, you know, even the greatest safety measures um, that are put into place that that could still be the case. But once again, I think what I encourage people to do is do what they can control, and that is wearing a mask, staying six feet away from anyone else. And um, because I really do believe that that will help decrease the risk and we can't control how it all plays out but what we can control are those things that i just mentioned and so i would encourage everybody out there to kind of do that yeah and you know one of the things too even if you're showing up wearing gloves if you have hand sanitizer in your car wash your hands before you put your gloves on i mean just every little thing you can think of helps yeah. us out and protects our poll workers absolutely so all right, we're talking about the primaries now, <laughs> but what is your, th have you been thinking about what happens with the general election in November? Um, <laughs> I mean, because COVID-19, of course, we hope that our country is vibrant and back to the way things were, that I, I use that term lightly, back to the way things were, because I, I think we'll have a new way of how we live, and no one really knows what that looks like now. But have you been given some thought as to what the general election will look like and, and, and what are some of the plans for that? No, nothing keeps us up at night, not even the general election yet. No. Okay. We have absolutely 100% been planning. Um, the Secretary of State has said um, that all voters may just end up having a ballot mailed to them. That's not off the table yet. So, um, you know, as we're buying medical supplies for our poll workers, we're buying those supplies or, you know, working through our supply chains to make sure we have enough come November. So, yeah, absolutely. We're all that's on the table already, you know, when it comes to planning sites, um, you know, working with the school district, we've offered uh, to, I guess, disinfect some of our sites when we leave just to make sure everybody feels safe, maybe going back into that school. So, yeah, I mean, we've 
almost every scenario you can think of has been discussed already in our office for November. And now it's just kind of, I hate always saying the term waiting game, but it is kind of a waiting game until we know what this virus has done, where we're at. You know, it, we could two months from now, everything be back open and people wanting to get out and do what they normally do. But I also think, and you made an excellent point that has been discussed here multiple times in the office, I do think this is going to change voting for the future. I, I think you're going to see us move quicker or faster to the um, model that like the state of Washington uses or even the city of Denver where every voter just gets a ballot mailed to them every election. There's no precincts, none of that. And I, I think and when this is all said and done, you're going to see us move towards that. You know, when you start looking at just the costs, and then as you mentioned, when poll workers are over 60 years old, you know, and we have a virus going around, or you don't know what else, it just, there's just no reason we don't look to just do all male voting in the future. With these uncertain times, I think what our future looks like, we're going to learn from this that we're experiencing now. And I think some of the opportunities that it, uh, that will be presented, there's gonna be some hard choices as you know to make. One thing I will say is for a lot of individuals, you mentioned this, the, the, the feeling that they have when they go into the polling place, um, it's an experience, right? It, it, it's a part of the experience of your, your civil liberties and your right to go and vote. And so I think it's how do we express those civil liberties in a new way is what we're going to have to be looking towards in the future. And so hats off to you and your team for all that you all are doing. I'm excited to hear that at least we're still having the opportunity to have uh, voting within our community. You all have thought of a lot, especially when it comes down to the safety of the volunteers that we are so appreciative for because they do have expert knowledge in how that runs. I think that's important. Yeah. And, you know, as we, as you kind of mentioned about us going through the planning stages, you know, one thing folks will not realize until I tell them this, we've had conference calls already with our emergency management director, public health, um, ambulance, all those folks about supplies, things we should be worried about. So, you know, all those little things are happening behind the scenes that folks are probably never going to see or hear about unless they watch this video. But yeah, I mean, we're, you know, we have to be prepared for everything. You, you make a great point about this, you know, this is your civil duty to your country, get out and vote. So we have to make sure it happens no matter the circumstances. Well, I'm, I'm, again, I'm so happy that people have the right to vote and we'll have that ability. The other thing that I want to stress to those that are watching is do get educated about the candidates out there. Um, you know, this is, has been a, a different realm for them as well because typically they'll have opportunities to speak to large groups of people or, uh, or, and, and they're not having that opportunity right now except through social media if they're taking advantage of that. And so there are ways for people to educate themselves. I was on your website earlier and I saw the candidates and of course I did, uh, um, you know, linked on another um, uh, internet just to kind of look at their platform. Some people have videos out there and I think it's important that we kind of educate ourselves because we're, we're being slighted in that way as, as a community from the norm. 
Yeah, it's just weird to not have candidates out door knocking. I mean, it's just something that has always been one of those things, you know, even leading up to the caucuses, if the candidates, staffers could still be out there door knocking. And now we're at the point where the only way candidates can really reach people is social media or websites. So yeah, it is, it's just, you know, it's different. That's why people should go out and research the candidates because unfortunately you're probably not going to get to meet with them one-on-one before the election. As a formal candidate, I will tell you that please go to the websites and search the candidates because I think that, that personal touch of knocking on the door and saying, hello, this is, what's your name? And introducing yourself and having a conversation, uh, that's a missing piece for a lot of people. But the opportunity definitely is there for individuals to educate themselves about the candidates and give everyone a fair chance at um, understanding what their platform is and moving from there. So I appreciate your website having that opportunity there as well. Well, we try to keep the public informed as best as we can. You know, we're here, taxpayers pay our salaries. We're here to provide a service to the community, and we want to make sure it's easy as possible for the voter. Well, it sounds like you've been very busy right now, so I think our tax dollars are doing well. Again, I want to thank you for, your, for the time of coming on and just having a conversation with us because I think, it, you know, there's many ways where your message is getting out. And this is one other way that I felt that we can support as a city to get out your message. And so thanks again. Of course, on our city website, there's some material there. Um, And I know that you all are doing some things through various ways to get the message out to go and vote and ways voting will happen. So thanks again for coming on and sharing. Is there anything else you want to just uh, say to the public? I think the big thing is when we're about, we're able to start accepting absentee requests 120 days out from the November election. So, you know, look for us to start pushing that message over the summer. So you can already send in your absentee request. We'll get you in the system. So, you know, that way you're not worrying about it two weeks before the election. So, you know, it's one of those things that this summer we're probably going to be pushing pretty hard to keep people safe is get your absentee requests in now. All right. Well, there you have it. Thank you so much for being a part and thanks for all that you do. And we're looking forward to the results of this (laughs) this pandemic uh, voting primary uh, results. So thanks again. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. All right. And for more information on the coronavirus response, including city closures and resources from our health experts, head to icgov.org coronavirus. I'll be back again soon with another Community Connection. Remember, we're all in this together. Be safe, Iowa City.